Welcome, friend. We are so glad you've joined us to listen in as ordinary people share their extraordinary stories of how one man changed their lives forever. No two stories are the same, yet it's our hope that you'll relate enough to want to meet the same man all our listeners have met. Listen as my friends tell me about a man that gave them hope and love beyond their wildest imaginations. Hines, welcome to Tell Me About a Man podcast. Thank you very much for having me. This has been interesting how we've come to this place, like for you to be here on the show. Usually I reach out to my guest, but Dana, your wife, was like, hey, Matt has questions about a podcast. And I was like, well, in exchange, he can come yes. tell me his story. <laughs> exactly right. My wife has been great about that. I've been wanting to do podcasts and get into that area, but I know nothing about it at all. Me neither. And she's like, let me hook you up with Gina because she's already doing it. And, of course, my wife has always been my cheerleader, so it's worked out great. Yeah. So I will say that um, I don't know a lot. I'm learning a lot. There's so much more to learn. But as we were talking before, we hit the record button, progress over perfection. So I'm thankful for every listener that has stayed along with us as we get a little better on sound we get a little better on uh, quality so i'm sure yours is going to be way better well i'm hoping so and and um i was joking with my wife about that it's like i don't like to hear my own voice but i have a great face for podcasting (laughs) that's great like i was made for radio exactly okay so we're going to jump in here because i want to hear all about your story some icebreaker questions Tell us about a hobby or interest that people might not know you have. A hobby or interest would be, um, I, that's a really hard question, actually. I'm pretty boring. <laughs> um, I actually enjoy working in the garden a little bit with my wife. Nice. Um, I don't tell her that. Right. And this well, is probably he her did. hearing this for the first time. Right. But... Watching her just plant her flowers and just oh. being in that zone, it's really enjoyable to That's me. That's sweet. That's sweet. That's super sweet. That's not what I was expecting, so it's a good one. <laughs> if you could have dinner with any historical figure, who would it be and why? Probably Abraham Lincoln. Oh, I could totally see that. A leader, a man who obviously sacrificed more than he needed to, but an extraordinary event happened in our country and he was there. Mm. And maintained some level of relationship with God and peace in his own heart. He had an extraordinary life. Um, would love to ask him a few questions. That's awesome. Good. Let's just go ahead and jump into your story here. Okay. Tell us a little bit about Matt growing up, what Matt looked like. Not like look like physically, but you know what I mean? Like what did life look like for you? Pretty normal kid probably. I uh, grew up in the country, just, you know, middle class people. Um, but I was an outside creature. Um, I had a dirt bike. Um, if I wasn't on my dirt bike, I was either carrying my BB gun or riding my horse. I just, whatever was outdoors, that's what I loved doing. Uh, never really got into video games. Uh, didn't do that kind of stuff. I was a pretty quiet kid. Still that way today. You know, my natural tendencies is to just hang back. Mm-hmm. Just a quiet kid, not not a troublemaker, not the star of the show. Just just a normal kid. I would say nothing spectacular in any area, really. Yeah. Uh, didn't had a normal family. My parents are still married. 
Um, our parents are great. They love God. They loved us. My, I have an older sister. And, and we were just a, a great family, typical American family. You know, just both parents worked, and we just did what we did to live. Yeah. Did, um, did you grow up in the church? Um, after I was eight years old. Okay. That's where my church journey really started. Actually, nine. We never went to church. You know, I always knew there was a God out there somewhere. You know, just my, I had an aunt that always told me, don't forget to say your prayers. She always told me that. I was real close to my aunt. And uh, I say, yeah, yeah, you know, whatever. But I went to vacation Bible school at, I was nine years old, and heard the gospel message for the first time. And and just something came alive on the inside. I said, wow, I, I need this. you know. Mm. And, I, and I remember sitting on the front pew, and a woman named Pam, she led me to the Lord right there, <clears throat> right there on that day. And uh, my mom and dad still weren't saved, but that exact same summer, my mom's youngest brother, Roy, he was a logger down in southeastern Oklahoma, and he was killed in a logging accident. Mm. Just devastated my mom. I mean, just just destroyed her, and she didn't know what to do. My dad couldn't help her, and so they started going to church. Uh, and, of course, we went with them, my sister and me, and it wasn't very long, and my mom and dad got saved. That's awesome. Uh, my sister also and when we were actually all four of us were baptized together and so that was kind of a cool deal so from that point on about nine years old i've been in church my dad taught sunday school for a long time he was a deacon at our church just active in the youth group you know just a typical normal american family going to church and that was us i didn't know the significance of god in my life at that point but god has really been a a a big deal to me and when i I start trying to share these stories, it's hard to explain. For some reason, and I can't really explain this, since I've been a Christian, I have always been aware of the presence of God. I wake up in the morning, a lot of mornings, the very first words out of my mouth, good morning, God. Mm. Like, he's there. So when you say, good morning, God, like that to me sounds, it's very friendly, it's relationship-based, it's very intimate. Have you always seen God like that, or have there has there been a time when there's been like this huge, strong power that you feared? Absolutely, a strong power that I feared, and that that really goes back to that childhood story I was talking about. When my uncle Roy died in that accident. Of course, I didn't know anything. You know, I'm I'm just a kid. I don't know that much about God. I'm just brand new in the Lord. Didn't know the word. I don't remember who actually said it, but somebody alluded to the fact that. You know, this was God's idea, and it Mm. was just time for Roy to go. Mm. That, as a nine-year-old kid, scared me to death. Mm. I thought, if God is really like that, I don't know about this. I don't know. I want to go to heaven. I don't want to go to hell for sure. But I don't know about a God like that. He just kills people randomly. You know, I really thought this as a nine-year-old kid. Because this was after your salvation. After my salvation. Absolutely. That same summer, and just a short time after that, this that would have been in the summertime. Wintertime comes along, a man at our church was driving across the Washita Bridge in Lindsay, hit some ice, died in a car wreck. Okay, His wife was friends with my mother. She's been at our house, and I'm not going to say the man's name, but he was there trying to help, and 
And because of this man had passed away in the wreck, his wife started coming to church and she got saved. Mm-hmm. Kind of a similar story to my mm-hmm. mom. And someone told her, you know, the reason God caused this to happen was so mm-hmm. you would get saved. Oh. That scared me again. Now I've got two people that I'm aware of that has died and I thought God did it. And I thought that's wow. who God was. And as a nine-year-old kid... I became terrified. There's so much power in our words, in our reckless words, Mm -hmm. and we forget who's listening. Yes. That is like a check for me. If you listen to the episode before yours, Amelia's episode, um, she talks about this book that she's writing, and part one of those parts in that book is what not to say, because stuff like that, it gives God a bad rap. I mean, really just... It does. (laughs) Wow, I can't believe you carry that. No wonder you had this fear. And and I will tell you, I have up until recently had this cause and effect of God. Like if I do bad things, bad things are going to happen to me. Mm-hmm. So when something bad happens to me, I must have been doing something bad. Right. Talk us out of that, Matt. Oh, man. That's exactly my story. I, I live with this mentality that God was like that, that he was almost a mean God and you hear God is good all the time, but I wasn't seeing it. I was seeing, you know, people dying prematurely. And mm-hmm. I live with this fear, who's going to be next? Mm-hmm. I, I immediately, I was so scared something was going to happen to my dad. My dad was a godly man. He still is. A great guy. I was so scared. My dad was going, God, you, you just take these people. I'm so scared. Mm. Like, God, what can I do to keep my dad here? I, I, wow. I, I was so scared. I had a lot of anxiety about that. That fear of death and that fear of God. And in, in that process, I became, you know, the Bible talks about in, in Galatians, those Judaizers, those people who had to do something. They had to perform to stay on good terms with God. Mm-hmm. Legalism is the word. Legalism. I like to use. Mm-hmm. That's who. I became wasn't intending to, but just out of high school, I'm teaching a Sunday school class. I'm driving the church van. I'm sitting on committees at the church. Everything I can possibly do, I'm trying to stay on God's good graces because mm. I want Him to bless me. I I want to live a rich, fulfilled life, and I am linking my performance. And staying on God's good side to his blessing or to his protection over Mm -hmm. my family Mm -hmm. or to whatever the need may be. Somewhere Matt's involved in this process. The problem with that is I never lived up to it. Mm. It was an everyday thing that, oh my gosh, I failed again. Who's going to die now? Oh my gosh. I'm I'm so scared of death. I'm so scared of, I was so scared that. It was all about works. If Man, if I can just make God proud of you, maybe, maybe I won't have to experience that. Wow. That's the way I lived. I really did. And, and for years, this was the backbone of my relationship with God was a works mentality of staying on good, God's good side, hoping he would bless me. And knowing that if I sinned, he couldn't bless me. I had a youth minister one time tell me, every time you sin, it's just like you laying a brick between you and God, and you're going to build up this wall, and God's not going to talk to you. God's not going to answer your prayers. God's not going to bless you. Telling impressionable kids these things, so this just fueled the fire. Mm-hmm. Here are you know leaders in my life that are supposed to be spiritual leaders 
telling me these things about God that I'm already scared of, mm-hmm. it just fuels the fire. Man, I, I'm going to read my Bible every day before I go to sleep. And mm-hmm. I did this for years. I would not go to sleep without reading a chapter in my Bible. And if I was away somewhere, I'd memorize the entire Psalms 23, that entire chapter. Mm-hmm. If I was away somewhere and didn't have my Bible, I would quote that scripture before I went to sleep. I have to do my duty today. I have to read the Word of God. I have to. I'm scared of this guy. What shifted? What shifted was God began to put in my heart of a desire to go to Bible college. I didn't know why I'd been in construction. Now, this is after I'm an adult. You know, this is several years later. And had this desire of going to Bible school, possibly being in the ministry. I've had, you know, done some devotions and some little things like that at church. And I, it was kind of rewarding to me, surprisingly. So I procrastinated for a long time, basically enrolled in Bible college. We were doing the, the lesson, or that particular course was on the book of Galatians. And this is several months after school had already been started. I'd been in the Word every day. I mean, just getting word after word after word after word, just sowing the Word of God into my heart. But when we got to Galatians, I knew something was coming. I can't, I can't tell you how I know and I like this. I've never been pregnant, obviously, but you know, <laughs> pregnant women can tell they're pregnant before anybody else can. That is true. And something was stirring on the inside of me. Just a spirit. Did, of I didn't know what it was. Anticipation. Yes, there's something there. There's something coming. And I remember we were studying the Book of Galatians, and we were living in a rent house at a time. This was just a few years ago because we were building a house and we were renting a small house in town. And I'm in the bedroom doing this lesson, and the instructor gets to Galatians 3.13 where it says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. And at that moment, something happened. Mm. It's like God showed up in the room, and I know God is always with us, but I was very aware of a different realm. You had an encounter with God. I had an enca- a crazy encounter with God. And this is the only way I can describe it. God pulled back a curtain, and I could see Jesus at the cross. Now, here's the interesting part about that cross. It wasn't what I thought it was. The cross was actually made for me. Mm. It was custom fit for me. That was Matt's cross. It, All of my shame and all of my failures and, and all the guilt and everything that I had been carrying was on that cross. It, w- it was custom made for Matt Hines. Mm. And at the moment, I'm going to this cross, Jesus steps up and takes my place. And he takes that cross for me. And and, and I see this. I, I can't tell you, I, just for a few moments, just a few seconds, it's like I left the room and I was there. I can see this. Jesus taking my place. And, you know, we, and we say these terms, Jesus died for me. We, we hear that all the time. But on that day, I got something different. Jesus didn't die for me. He died as me. Wow. And and when I saw that, I thought, God, he took that curse. Everything that I could ever do wrong, he already paid for. None of this is a a surprise. I don't have to work to earn your favor. Mm -hmm. You put that on Jesus, and I'm free. Mm. I'm free to be blessed. Mm-hmm. I'm free to live in peace. I'm free to be void of any anxiety. 
uh, all of these fears, all of the stuff that I carried, trying to appease an angry God, so I thought, Mm -hmm. with my performance, was nailed on that cross that Mm -hmm. day, and Jesus was there. Wow, that's so beautiful. It's amazing. It is absolutely amazing. Never been the same. Wow. I have a couple questions. Okay. So you said you're free to be blessed, Mm -hmm. free to just walk in what he desires for you. What about your mess ups on the daily? Are you free to sin? I'm not free to sin. I'm free from sin. I'm free from the effects of it Mm. as far as my relationship with God. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the deal. I mess up all the time. We all do. But now it's it's not a place where I have to revisit the shame. Mm. It, it's a place where, okay, God, I blew it up. That really wasn't my intentions. I didn't want to do that. And it's like, okay, son, dust yourself off. Let's keep going. And the difference is we don't keep going back to that. Right. Don't revisit the shame. The shame or the sin. And I think that's where a lot of people get confused sometimes. As a believer, we do mess up. I mean, I we are bought, we're, we're flesh, we're sinners, we're just born into it. And so there are things that we're going to do that we're going to mess up. The difference is we don't keep living in that and keep repeating it. Right. We are convicted of it. And we're like, God, I'm so sorry. Like you yes. sent your son, so I wouldn't do this or that I could be claimed, but I keep going back to it. So I'm going to stop doing that. Someone who's not a believer is probably going to continue right. in it until... The scales are taken off their eyes and they see it. Exactly. The sin is one of those funny things that it is preached so much that believers get a sin consciousness. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like we're, and we're all guilty of this, we're so aware of our own shortcomings. Mm-hmm. And it affects our faith. Mm-hmm. It affects how we pray. Mm-hmm. It causes us to be timid. It causes us to hesitate when God wants us to do something, we immediately start evaluating ourselves. Are you talking about the conversation we just had before we hit record? Oh, yeah, all of us. <laughs> about both of us being like, we know we're called to this, but I'm not educated enough. I don't have enough knowledge about that. I don't know these things. And so what do we do? We hit pause and somebody else will do it. Right. And God's like, no, I called you to do it. I made you specifically to do that. So That's right. This experience I had with God, it, it, it changed me now where I do what Hebrews says when I come boldly to the throne of grace. You remember that scripture? I can't remember. It's Hebrews four twelve. Maybe I'm not sure. It says, come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. That scripture is talking about when you blow it. It says that you may obtain mercy, but he mm. said you come in boldly. That's profound to me. That means the moment I screw up, I run and jump on my daddy's lap and we talk about it. Oh, that's beautiful. And it's not a problem. Dad, I messed up. It's not a problem. There's no condemnation in Christ. I can stand in the presence of God without any consciousness of sin or any sense of inferiority. That's amazing. What do you say to the person who is living in the fear that you were living in before you read that verse, before you had that moment with God? A couple of things, really. Be real with God. He already knows. Mm -hmm. You're not going to surprise him with anything. Uh, you keeping stuff so-called a secret is not a secret. Mm-mm. Be real with God. The other thing is get into the Word. This is where I can get into a sermon really easy um, because this is another profound experience I have with God about seeing how his kingdom works. It all works by seeds. 
His word is an incorruptible seed, 1 Peter 1.23. This encounter I had with God about Galatians, that was because I had been in the word. It wasn't because I was special and God just decided to show up that day and God just decided to bless me that day. No, it was I was sowing his seed into my heart and that was the day I got the harvest or I gave birth, so to speak, Mm -hmm. to that transformation. Well, this is how the kingdom of God works. It works by a seed, and and we have, Christians are bad about this. We have expected prayer to do what only the Word will do. We we think God is going to change us, and we pray, God, you got to fix this problem. you got to help me. you got to do this. But we haven't taken the seed. Mm. And, and that's essentially like praying for a virgin birth. If somebody in the natural says, I want to have a baby, or you and your husband trying to have a baby, oh, no, no. I'm just praying. You're going to think they're a french fry short of a Happy Meal. Okay? It doesn't work. you got to have a seed. This makes so much sense. It's so silly, but it makes so much sense. And, and so this is how the kingdom of God is, works. It, it, Mark chapter 4 talks about this. The kingdom of God is if a man should cast seed into the ground. Okay? God's word is incorruptible seed. That's First Peter 1.23. Uh, you take the seed of God's word and you sow it into your heart. And when when I say that, I mean I'm going to spend time in it. I'm going to meditate in it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to look at it from every possible angle. I'm essentially studying that particular scripture or that word, whatever the need is that I have. That's the seed. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to stay with that long enough until it produces a harvest. That's what happened to me in that Galatians. I had been in the word seed after seed just sowing in my heart just staying in that word and and when that came alive wasn't when god showed up that was just when the seed started to produce in me and see this is how mary got pregnant mary was a virgin how did she get pregnant it said the angel came to mary i'm sorry i'm going to get off here on the okay, sermon you're okay but i do have a question so keep going though um this is how mary got pregnant the angel came to her and said you're going to have this child you know what she said be it unto me according to your word and she said, and then you keep reading, it said she pondered all these things in her heart. Mm. Mary took the word of God and pondered them in her heart, and she became pregnant with the word of God. John chapter 1 talks about that. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and that seed of God was inside her, and she gave birth to Jesus. She was pregnant with the word, with the same process. This is how the kingdom of God is wired. Mm. And if you need something for God, if you're struggling in an area, and I do believe in prayer. You should pray, but you got to take a seed. There's some investment in it. There's some investment in it because the kingdom of God is wired by seeds. That's how God works. Has there been times, so you said, you know, you you meditate, pray on it, just dive into it until it produces a harvest. Have there been times where you've done that and maybe the harvest has been, you've walked, you haven't walked away, like turned your back on it. You've just moved on to something else in the word and years, months, decades later, that thing that you were, that verse or that word or that part of whatever it was of God that you were investing in years before it came to light. And you're like, okay, now I see why Yeah, I was doing that. It usually fits somewhere in the puzzle later on. And, you know, I, I'm a simple person, so I have to put things in terms that my mind can grasp. Like French fries? Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, some seeds are quick. Mm-hmm. Hey, if I plant corn and, you know, two or three months, I get a harvest. But if I plant an apple seed, it might be a few years before I get more apples. So hard. That's so hard for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
and, and sometimes that period between planting, you know, God said that there's seed time and harvest, where it's really seed time and then harvest. That time exactly. can be a long time. And so, yeah, some of them come later, and it's usually, you know, fit somewhere in whatever I'm doing at that moment. But that's the cool thing about God is the work's already been done. And it's better to, you know, just spend time in the Word continually. You're continually sowing those seeds. So when you do have a need, the work's already been done, the harvest is ready, you can go to the Word. Oh, yeah, we've already been here. And it's not a surprise. And what happens to people is we get we hit a brick wall. We need God to save us. We need God to help us. We need God to fix us. We haven't sown the seed, and we're believing for a miracle. And many times our prayers aren't answered. That's sad. But the truth is, we haven't sown the seed. Mm. And and God's word is a seed, and his kingdom is wired this way. And people don't know. This is a basic truth that people really do not grasp, that his kingdom operates in these seeds. So I don't want to confuse, though, doing the work, sowing the seed, because out of a desire to know God more and be in relationship with him. And I don't want to confuse that with doing a works. So if I do invest in God, he's going to answer my prayers. Right. There is a distinction there. Yes. I'm not doing this to get God's favor. Yes. I'm already in. And so now I'm just growing and developing into what he wants me to be now that I'm already in the family. Right. Because in your, I mean, in your marriage, you wouldn't just like marry your wife and then be like i'll see you in 10 years right and never invest in that relationship or grow in conversation and time with them say so you want to be with your wife or you want to be with your spouse and like get to know them same right. thing with your relationship with god it's going to produce a harvest sure if you're putting in the time but it's not works based it's not this i'm doing all these check marks to earn it exactly it is just a basic understanding I'm in a relationship with God, but there's still some things that I don't know. Correct. And so I'm going to pursue him with all my heart, mm. and I'm going to sow his word into my heart. And it, his word is going to produce in me whatever he desires. Mm-hmm. And, and I just slowly get changed a little bit at a time. Romans 12, 1 and 2 talks about that being transformed by the renewing of our mind. We're not renewed by works or going to church or paying tithes or even praying and i do believe in all those those are great but we get transformed by the renewing of our mind by spending time Mm. with god and his word and that that has been the backbone of my entire relationship it's every significant encounter i've had with god has been centered around the word in some form or fashion getting into bible college that's a whole nother story this god spoke to me of the simplest little story in the bible and that's what compelled me to actually fully commit. Hmm. Um, that's a huge story. I don't know if we even got time for that, but... You're welcome to share. If you remember in the Bible where Jesus was crucified, and that was the next day was the Sabbath, so they couldn't prepare him for burial correctly. So the following day, Mary and some of the other ladies were going to go to the tomb and prepare his body for mm-hmm. burial. In that story, it says that they were gathering all their supplies and getting all their things together, and they did not know how they were going to move the stone. They did not know how they were going to get in the tomb, the big stone in the way. And they went anyway. They went anyway, not having a clue. Well, see, this really spoke to me because I was struggling with Bible college. I'd been taking a few classes here and there, just online, not fully committed in it because I have family, I have job, I work 
40 plus hours a week already and then monday and tuesday is ball practice and ball games and church is wednesday and every night i have something to do except friday nights so i don't have time for bible school i don't even know how this would work mm-hmm. and god i felt like god was telling me i want you to go to bible school full time oh and i like um define full time <laughs> exactly so i start looking at this college i've been going to already and full time means eight to twelve hours a week online at home or on your time and then every other saturday you go to the campus it's a hybrid program so i'm thinking just the logistics this is not going to work this is i don't see i don't have that much time i said either i can quit my job and you can pay my bills god or <laughs> somebody's got to feed my kids right this is not making sense but when i read that story about marrying them the stone was in their way and they went anyway mm. and god said you just show up i'll move the stone i'll move the stone and so you know what i i just committed i was like this is the stupidest thing i've ever done in my life i just signed up for bible college God started shifting things in my work schedule where I was working more by myself. And so I could listen to the lessons during the day on oh, my perfect. earbuds. Yep. I could even do some of my testing during the day because I'm, you know, I'm still doing construction 40 hours a day. But I, I don't have to be in constant communication with other people. I have time that I can do this. And this entire year of trying to finish my Bible college, I did this. And then... God just blessed us financially where we paid for the tuition as we go. Had zero negative effect on our finances. It's like we were not even struggling at all to pay the bills. Wow. Just the entire process was just like, okay, God, you're showing off. (laughs) It and and it was all because but the the whole point of the story was I had to move first. Yeah. Even when I couldn't see. Yeah. And and you just gotta jump. Yeah, just a step of faith. And again, this goes back to you were in the Word. And while you were saying that, it made me think that we look for answers from God in so many other places. Like we're scrolling in social media and somebody's going to put a quote up or just a verse. Mm -hmm. And what you're sitting here saying is, if you'll just read the Word every day, like God's got the answers for you right here. And if you will just open your mind, open your heart, and just not a task, but just really be open to whatever he's going to show you you're going to see the answers to your prayers may not be answered the way you wanted it to be right that's amazing it's so simple we (laughs) we complicate things religion has complicated this thing it really has it it made it something that god never intended to be this is just a relationship yeah i cannot preach that enough and people i had someone tell me the other day that we aren't really like religious churchy people we're more spiritual people right and because I think, and, and especially living where I live now in a, a bigger city, there's so many different personalities and cultures, and I'm meeting more and more people who are just ruined by religion. They're yes. so done with the check marks and the boxes and the, the just this, you have to please God, and the relationship is completely and totally gone. And now their doors are just shut. They're like, I don't want to hear any of it because... I tried your church thing, I tried your religious thing, and it didn't work out so well. And so I hope as believers we continue to get that message. Like, it's just pursuing a God who loves you, and He just wants to be in a relationship with you. Right. 
Absolutely right. And it's one of those things, one of my favorite scriptures, um, Psalm 34, 8, it says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Mm. It's always, it was always funny to me for a long time. It said taste. <laughs> taste? <laughs> you know, taste is something that's individual to everybody. I love oatmeal raisin cookies. And, I do too. And my wife really doesn't care for. She thinks chocolate chip is the greatest thing ever. I'm not a peanut butter cookie fan. I'm. Not, I can't stand peanut butter cookies. <laughs> and see, taste is individual. Taste yeah. is personal. Right. If I say navy blue, you can see navy blue. That's the same for everybody. Right. But not taste. And our encounters with God, our experiences with God, has to be personal. Oh, that's good. And and religion can't make you taste God. Mm. You you have to do it for yourself. And when you see that God is good, that's all you'll crave. Mm, it's good. You're going to crave those oatmeal raisin cookies. They're, they're so good. Right. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Yeah. So by trade, you work in construction. Yes. And you're very talented, by the way. Now you went to Bible college. You completed that. Do you see a shift coming? Absolutely do. I'm already seeing it shift some. Construction has always been just a job to me started when i was very actually that same summer i was referring to in vacation bible school my uncle roy that was the summer i started working with my dad because it's i mean it's in your dna like your family is my entire family does construction very talented that's what we do Mm -hmm. but never has that been a rewarding experience to me Mm -hmm. i can do it but it's always a task Mm -hmm. and and i've always been curious about god what do you put me here for like thank you that i have a job thank you that i have this ability but I don't want to do this all my life. Mm. And so I really feel like God has called me into the full-time ministry of some level. I don't know what that means at this point yet. As of right now, I don't really have a desire to like be a pastor of a church or anything like that. I do have a desire to share the Word of God, to sow that incorruptible seed in people because that's where transformation is really going to happen. And so trying to shift into that, and it, it's been, I wouldn't say challenging, but just a lot of unknown territory that I don't know where to go from here. Well, you just said he'll roll, he'll, he'll take care of this right. stuff. And, and, and that's the one thing that I've learned, you know, in the last few years is just, I guess I had to learn this the hard way, but in construction, you know, we often have blueprints and we can see the finished product before we start. Mm. But you don't get that with God. Oh, gosh. You, you get <laughs> step <only. laughs> one. You get step one. And when you do that, then you see step two. It's like driving at night. Your headlights only show you what's right in front of you. You can't see five miles down the road. But how many times would we not step if we did see what was ahead? Right. I would be like, nope, mm-mm, not yeah. going there. And he's like, I'm just going to show you a little bit. Yeah. It would overwhelm us because what he has for us is probably so awesome. Yeah. What's your spiritual gift? Probably uh, teaching in the Word is pretty profound to me. Um, also, I can get dabble in some of the gifts of the Spirit. You know, you read about those in First Corinthians. I can read people's mail, so to speak. Occasionally, I can tell what's going on in their life, not ever having talked to them. Mm. done that more than once. Some people get weirded out by that, but those are manifestations of the Spirit that's supposed to encourage and help the body of Christ. And uh, Definitely can operate in word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and things like that. Yeah, along those lines, basically centered around the word, sharing the word, and then whatever I can do is, you know, individual basis, if I can help you there. Yeah, I think you're definitely, a teaching is by far, you're such a great teacher. You just break it. Like you said earlier, you're just a simple-minded guy. And so for those, there's a lot of us that just need simple-minded 
um, teachings and, you know, I can read, you know, a chapter in the Bible and take it for face value. But then when someone like you can make it very relatable, Mm -hmm. make it very um, understandable and even bring new light to it, which you have done today multiple times for me, it's it's truly a gift. And I'm confident God's going to use that. Do you like one on ones or are you more in a bigger setting, like in a room. That's another one of those God things. Used to hate being in front of a crowd. You know, when we were in school, we had those oral book reports. I don't know <laughs> if they still do that now. They used to make me nauseous. I right? hated. But through this process, you know, just walking with God, He's slowly changing my heart to where mm-hmm. now the crowds are exciting to me. Mm-hmm. And, man, put me in front of a crowd and give me my Bible and people that want to hear about Jesus, it's heaven on earth to me. Yeah. And, and you know what? I'm not that special. I know I'm not. I can hear my voice. It ain't that great. I know what I look like. It's not that great. But I love somebody. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you about him. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you about a man. Let me tell you about a man. So what would you tell the person listening that doesn't know this man, Jesus? Taste and see that the Lord is good. Whatever your misconceptions are or ideas about God, you know, be open to letting him speak to you. You're going to experience a radical transformation. It may not be instantaneous, but you're going to become the best version of yourself, and you're going to experience undiluted love like you've never experienced in your life. And you're going to walk so fulfilled and so full of peace and so full of joy. It doesn't mean everything in your life is perfect all the time. It means you are grounded in love so much that it doesn't matter. Whatever comes, it's irrelevant. God loves me. I'm his. I want to be his forever. And, and every person can have that that assurance and that confidence. That's so good, Matt. So good. Anything else you want to share with someone listening? I'd, You know what? Spend time in the Word. If you're a believer, get into the Word of mm. God. It will change your life. It will unscramble your eggs. And we need it. Where would you tell a non-believer, so someone who doesn't have a relationship with Jesus yet, but they've got a Bible that they received to the hotel drawer, whatever, um, where would you tell them to start reading? You know, start with the basic stuff. Look up every scripture on love. Mm. John three sixteen. Mm-hmm. The, the more, everybody knows that on some level. Pick that verse apart piece at a time. That whole thing is about God's love towards you. Mm. Uh, independent of your actions, independent of your failures, all that verse is centered around what God did in His grace for you because He loved you. I always like when people will say, um, I was taught to, wherever it says world, for God so loved the world, put your name in there. Yes. And just keep putting your name in there. And like it's individual, like you said. Do you know you can buy a Bible? Like that? What? You, you can have, and I can't remember the name of it, I bought them before, I think I still have one. You can order it, and they will print it everywhere that it says that. They will print your name in the scripture. What? For God so loved Matt that he gave his only begotten son. It will say that all throughout the scripture. It's pretty awesome. You can actually buy that Bible. We're going to have to find that and I, hopefully I put a link in the show notes for that. I can't remember the name of it, but it's pretty awesome. Mm, it's good. Enjoy the grace of God. And don't worry about how you've missed it. I have lived that life. It never produces anything. Just enjoy God's grace. And just one final thought. Grace is one of those things that we misunderstand. We immediately go back to our own works thinking, I don't deserve God's grace. Well, you really don't deserve God's grace. Mm -mm. But that's exactly what qualifies you for it. Mm. That's awesome to me. And that's why Jesus came. 
That's why Jesus came. Mm -hmm. The only way you qualify for grace is not being able to deserve it. That's good. Matt, I so appreciate you. I am so glad this worked out. I am extremely confident that there is um, a podcast and a lot of other things in your future that are you're going to do amazing things and really touch some major souls um, that already know Christ and ones that don't. I appreciate that very much. And I just give all the glory to God. He's been working on me for a long time. Absolutely. So. We're never finished. Never finished. My dear friend, I want you to know that this man Jesus, my guest spoke of, is relentlessly pursuing you at this very moment and longs to love you unconditionally, no matter your story. There's no fancy prayer or special words, just believe, trust, and surrender. We've listed several free resources in the show notes to help you begin your relationship with Jesus and to walk in His truth and love today and for eternity. And to my brothers and sisters, if you already have a relationship with Jesus, then I encourage you to continue to pray for our guests and all who listen to this podcast and to go tell others about a man that changed your life forever.